Joining us now, we have with us uh, Brandon Johnson. He is, of course, County Board Commissioner of the 1st District. Hi, Commissioner. How are you? Hey, G. Um, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I'm doing the best we can, and of course, in these very um, tumultuous and difficult times. It truly is. Um, so much to talk with you about. But first, I, since this is the first time I've gotten to talk to you here at night, um, how have you been handling the pandemic? How have you been doing throughout this, you and your family? Yeah, it's been a very, um, you know, confusing time, to be perfectly frank. Um, my emotions are all over the place, like many people. Um, I'm certainly inspired by the the youth voices, and as Jasmine indicated, the uh, the millennial uh, <laughs> um, and the generations years that have, you know, raised the consciousness, quite frankly, of America and really the world, um, fighting for um, equity and justice, and particularly fighting against you know the the real clear anti-blackness um, that you know unfortunately uh, permeates throughout throughout our society. Um, and with that being said, you know probably you know the difficult moment that I've had not just watching um, the video of the murder of George Floyd and many of the other uh, videos that have clearly indicated that um, at the hands of the state, um, black lives certainly have not mattered. Um, Having to talk to my 12-year-old son, you know, about it, Mm -hmm. have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old daughter um, who's in charge of everybody, by the way. Um, (laughs) But but trying to have a conversation with your your sons um, to... Mm-hmm. respect and trust authority all at the same time questioning it um, because it's uh, you know certainly not infallible so so with that you know we're doing the best that we can to make as much sense out of a very 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 complex world that we live in before we start uh, getting into uh, some discussion about police reform and everything else that's happening uh, just wanted to ask you in terms of sort of the uh, Cook County Board and the commissioners uh, how how has it been in terms of uh, making sure that business happens uh, throughout this and and um, have you been able to meet and and take care of business yeah so we have been able to meet we've we, we're meeting virtually um, in fact our this will be our third virtual board meeting uh, this coming Thursday. We met today with our Forest Preserves meeting and some of our, you know, committee meetings we met today virtually. Um, it's an odd setup, especially because <laughs> you get to see uh, the living rooms and yes. some of the taste of your colleagues, which, you know, as Jasmine has already indicated, we're not allowed to judge people on this program. So um, <laughs> I guess I won't do that either. Uh, but I'm always very curious about the backdrop that people have. I try to keep it simple just a white wall mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, a beige wall. Uh, but other folks um, are very <laughs> comfortable displaying their um, <laughs> their eclectic taste, I'll say it like that. So um, so we've been leading, um, we're trying to handle as much business as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously a lot of our attention has been devoted towards um, really, you know, looking to defeat this, this deadly virus, yeah. um, COVID-19. And there's been some effort that we've put in place at the county level to provide support for individuals who are struggling with rent, um, mm-hmm. trying to make sure that there's support for families who are struggling um, with their mortgage, um, delaying property taxes as much as, you know, um, we we need the revenue to continue to fund the services gonna, that the county provides. Absolutely. We we're going to ask you about that, too. Um, a lot to, to talk with you about and so grateful that you're um, taking the time out to to be with us this evening. So we're going to have a lot more ahead with uh, County Board Commissioner Brandon Johnson of the 1st District. Uh, so stay, stay tuned and stay with us.
any of our precious time talking with, uh, so we're going to get to it right away. We've got Brandon Johnson here, County Board Commissioner, 1st District, and you were just filling us in, Brandon, on how you guys were meeting virtually throughout this entire pandemic. And I know there's been so much in the news uh, that we kind of maybe have missed what you guys have been up to. I know that there was, of course, um, dealing with COVID and the disaster proclamation extension. Also, there, it seems recently there was a you decided to release names of suburban coronavirus patients to first responders. Yeah, so unfortunately, to be very, you know, honest with you, um, that there were nine of my colleagues that decided to vote in favor of that. I voted against it, mm-hmm. um, and the president of Cook County, uh, President Tony Preckwinkle, vetoed um, that measure, and mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given the history of America and how, um, you know, vital records and information has been used to you know, further discriminate and um, isolate people, um, that 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 was not the, the the correct course, and so we're we're glad that we were able to, you know, to beat back that measure. Um, you know, even though I know many of the first responders saw this as as a way to better prepare going into situations. Our argument was very simple: that our first responders need the protective equipment to respond to every situation, as if um, you know the person or persons they're coming in contact with could be positive. And this measure did not do that. And so our effort has to continue to push the federal government and every level of government to provide the necessary resources for our first responders. In terms of, uh, you were mentioning revenue and budget. Um, How's it looking? Of course, I know that there was probably tremendous strain on the uh, county's health uh, systems and hospitals. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a very difficult process, you know, but you know, what I can say is, you know, the state of Illinois um, has long had a very flat structure um, that has not taxed in a very in an equitable way. And so there are measures, obviously, that we're pushing for progressive income tax, <clears throat> excuse me, that could actually provide the vital services that people are, are crying for. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, throughout protests throughout the world, they're crying out for revenue so that we can have, you know, affordable housing um, in our communities, access to transportation. Um, with people who are sheltering in place and what we've experienced, those of us who are, you know, having school at home. I know there are a lot of parents um, that I trust appreciate teachers <laughs> a little bit more, um, but a lot of our students throughout Cook County did not have access to broadband. And so one of the things that we're going to be pushing at the county level is not just expanding uh, broadband, but I personally believe that it should be a public utility so that it's affordable for every resident. And so though things will be difficult times, um, we do know that the type of tax breaks that have been given to large corporations and the wealthy um, have lined the pockets of some of the wealthiest folks globally. And so now we're calling for uh, an equitable distribution of the wealth that comes to the state of Illinois and, quite frankly, throughout the country so that we can provide the vital services um, that are important, again, to your point around health care. Um, we have served, um, you know, as, at the Cook County level, individuals who have health care and those who do not. And during the time of a crisis where we know that the lack of health care and underlying health conditions have played a part in the, the, the just the gross numbers that we've seen of how black and brown communities in particular, and then, of course, our seniors that have attributed to 50% of the deaths um, in the state of Illinois, that we have to fund those vital services like health care, like housing, transportation, and, of course, job creation. You know, that's 
with millions of people who are you know filing for unemployment um, throughout this country that if we're going to put this country back on the pathway to solvency, the best way to do it is to do it the way you know I experienced it growing up, and that was having moms and dads and brothers and uncles and sisters and aunts with W-2s. We have to do everything in our power to create jobs at the mm-hmm. county level so that people can actually, you know, uh, be restored. And so that's the work, mm-hmm. in short, that we're, <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to tackle. And, and we're up for the challenge, though. Well, I feel as though you've had, I mean, not a complete reprieve, but in the sense that you've just had such pressing matters of this pandemic um, that, you know, that that is all what uh, lies ahead for you and, and the rest of the board in terms of, you know, economic development and figuring out new revenue and sure property taxes and cost uh, cost cutting as well. So, I mean, in terms of looking into your crystal ball, what area do you see, I mean, worries you the most um, as you look ahead into the rest of 2020? Yeah, well, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, if we, as we take a look at, at our budgets, we know that the county has done an amazing job of reducing the jail population. Mm-hmm. And we've done that through a variety of ways. But what has happened, unfortunately, and this is just, this is not you know limited to the sheriff's office, but we've seen police spending go up dramatically. Mm-hmm. The city of Chicago, half of its budget, over roughly 40% of its budget goes towards policing. And that's overtime. And these, these guys are working well overtime. But we're also spending a lot of money at the county level. And so one of the things that we have to look at at, at the county level is figuring out, like, how do we invest our resources to prevent folks from having contact with the, 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 the criminal system, mm-hmm. where we know it becomes like a, a death trap, and in many cases, literally. And so that's, if I'm looking and prognosticating and looking ahead, mm-hmm. it's about finding equitable distribution with the resources that we do have, again, to go into those vital services. 50% of people who live in Cook County cannot afford rent. And that's documented. That's across Cook County. And so we have to expand opportunities for individuals that can afford, and that includes our seniors, mm-hmm. um, to have senior living. Um, and that's the work that we're committed to doing, and it's not going to be easy. But, you know, I taught middle school in Chicago. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure. and got some questions there for you. Sure, um, But, sure. I, you know, Commissioner, just to go back to that sort of reallocating that budget, you mentioned 40% of the city's budget. And, of course, you said the county as well, um, contrib- you know, sets aside a substantial amount for uh, policing. I mean, isn't that part of sort of one of the fundamentals of the defund the police uh, rally cry? And are you so are you somewhat... Um, are you, do you stand behind that, too, in the sense that maybe some of those funds, not all, but some, need to be reallocated? Definitely reallocated. I mean, if you look at just the, the city's budget, um, $33 million roughly goes into uh, police and schools. And what's interesting is that many of these schools already have security guards. Um, and well, so... See- I really wanted to talk, not to, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I really want no, to talk to you good. about this because, um, you know, many, many of you may not know that uh, Commissioner Brandon Johnson was a teacher. You uh, taught social studies in CPS, I think, in two schools, yep. right? That's right. And That's right. you were a CTU organizer as well. So I definitely wanted your take, uh, please, on um, on this whole debate about um, CPS and um, cops and CPS. Yeah, look, the, the the mayor of Chicago ran on this. I mean, she said that, you know, removing police officers from school and investing in social workers, counselors, restorative justice practices, um, that was sort of a central theme 
um, of her campaign. She has since retreated from that ideological frame, which is disappointing. Um, and I think what has to be noted is that of the 600 schools or so, I think roughly 100 schools um, have a police officer um, in, the, in, 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 the, in the schools. So it's not like it's every school anyways. What we're saying is, is that with $33 million, the investment has to be in our children in the front end. The schools will still be secured by security guards. In many cases, some of these schools still have, you know, detectors um, that students go through. And that's another conversation I'm happy to have. But I think as far as policing in school, um, we believe that the best way to secure schools is having a, a loving, nurturing environment. Um, I know, you know, I'm considered, uh, you know, the Generation X. Um, so, you know, we grew up with the D.A.R.E. program. That's when some of that stuff was being introduced. But I just don't remember, um, you know, going to school and just, you know, having that as sort of front and center. And, and what ha- has happened as a result of policing in school, um, you really have police officers behaving outside of their job description, where now they're essentially disciplining kids or worse, arresting children. And that's what that's the opposite. That's the antithesis to what school should be. And so by having counselors, social workers, restorative justice specialists that can help de-escalate, that can help process the type of trauma that many of our students are experiencing, that's where the investment should be. It should be in making sure that we are attacking the homelessness problem in Chicago that you know leaves many of our families um, in tremendous despair. That's where we should be front-loading. And again, there are hundreds of millions of dollars that are being spent towards policing at the city level and at the county level. And the truth of the matter is it hasn't made our community safer. I live in Austin. I love living on the west side of Chicago, raising my family here. And the best way we believe that we can secure our communities is by making sure that we're investing in those communities with jobs, with transportation, again, access to health care. We literally have what, what we call million-dollar blocks in Chicago, where on one block there are millions of dollars in investment towards incarceration. Like, literally, we have spent millions of dollars in incarcerating people, overwhelmingly black families. And that has not solved the greater pandemic that we're experiencing. The greater pandemic is that we have structural racism that exists in our society, in all of our institutions. And it is our responsibility in a very bold, clear, direct way, unapologetically, to confront those structural practices that have left many families um, at the margins. And so that's why we're committed to reallocating dollars towards their life and not their incarceration. We need to build people, not break them. And Commissioner, of course, you were a teacher in CPS, but it seems the overwhelming type of uh, argument that we're hearing um, here at WGN Radio is sort of from callers saying, well, what about that one instance? What about that um, lone shooter or a mass shooting? Or um, obviously, there's concerns for, for that happening and and teachers or students being sitting ducks. Um, I mean, would you then recommend if you take cops out of schools that there would always have to be a security guard of some type at the school or? Yeah. And in in most cases, I believe, I don't know of any Mm -hmm. instances in which a security guard is not in the building. And like I said, there are checkpoints. Um, Again, that's a separate conversation, but there are people who feel much better with, with detectors and look, I get it. All three of my children are CPS students. Like I said, I taught mm-hmm. in schools. You know, there are some intense neighborhoods in which we, we work and we live in. 
Um, but what we know overwhelmingly is that if we're investing in children, investing in communities on the front end, it certainly reduces, um, you know, the type of violence that we have seen, unfortunately, just, you know, riddle our, 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 our political economy, quite frankly, because it has caused tremendous harm on our ability to actually have, you know, economic stability within our communities. And so, yes, of course, I don't think it's unreasonable to have security guards um, in our buildings, and many of them are from the neighborhood, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm dating myself, but mm-hmm. from security guards to the lunch lady or the lunch <laughs> guy, or the, I mean, that, that was all a part of the secure system that held our school communities accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of environment that we really have to promote. Well, Commissioner, I need you to hang on for just one moment, if you don't mind. Not at all. A lot more coming up with the Commissioner. Continue our conversation with Commissioner Brandon Johnson. So, Brandon, you've got a lot ahead of you. When is your next meeting? So the next board meeting is on Thursday. So people who are still sheltering in place, we would encourage you to go to the uh, cookcounty.gov's website and and, uh, follow the the board meeting and their business there. Have you had a lot of uh, emails and complaints throughout this, or how has it been for you, or has it slowed down a little bit? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of emails. I mean, people are still looking for, you know, masks. Um, people are still looking for support for, you know, their senior facilities. Um, we have a large population, unfortunately, throughout Cook County of homeless families um, getting phone calls from nursing homes and long-term care facilities. Um, and we've been in conversation with the governor around finding you know, different plans that we can come up with in preparation for what could potentially be a second wave uh, to make sure that our seniors throughout Cook County um, are protected. And, of course, people are obviously very concerned and deeply troubled by the the, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and they're very much motivated um, to engage in policies that making sure that we're investing um, in our community. So, it's um it's it's certainly kept me busy and of course I have three kids. My wife is wonderful <laughs> and um just wanna thank, you know, all the voices um that have been organizing throughout all of Cook County, the state of Illinois, that have crying out that, you know, it's really time for the type of transformation that's gonna help heal our country and of course heal our county right here. So it's been good work and I, I'm I'm very humbled to be in to be of service. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us this evening. And just quick question. Do you ever miss teaching? <laughs> you know, I do. I do. And, um, you know, I, I taught middle school, so I know that, you know, qualifies me for heaven automatically. <laughs> um, the strangest people on earth. I do miss it. And I also recognize that it was my students that encouraged me to take this step and this leap of faith to say, Mr. Johnson, you constantly talk to us about the type of change we want to see, we have to be a part of it. And so what are you going to do? And my students challenged me in this moment. And now that I'm running into some of my seventh graders who are now in their 20s, um, you know, I start, I'm starting to feel quite mature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so, the correct word, not the other word. Uh, but we appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us. Uh, Cook County Board Commissioner, First District, Brandon Johnson. Thank you. Continue to be well and, uh, and you know, good vibes to your entire family. Thanks, G. Look forward to it. Thank you.